Yeah, and we always do a risk assessment every time where we're in the process with a husband and wife. You know, they, they're individuals, of course, they're going to have, they're not going to be, uh, it's very rare that the score comes back identical. Uh, very rare. Most of the time, one is more moderate to aggressive, and one time one's more moderate to conservative or moderately conservative. So we usually see a big disparity between the risk scores. So it's important to make sure that, you know, his his investments are going to be close to where his risk tolerance is and same with hers. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you back on the Retirement Reality Podcast alongside Mike Coynan, founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. I am Ben George, and today we're talking about financial mistakes that couples often make. Mike, do you have to do a lot of therapy in your in your office with couples? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes it goes in streaks. It feels like, what is going on here? That I feel like I'm the, the counselor be- between husband and wife sometimes. But um, I'm used to it. I think sometimes it's comical, and we try to make it lighthearted and not try to get it so <laughs> uh, where people are leaving in a bad mood when they leave our office. So, <laughs> Well, today we're going to help you understand some different areas where husbands and wives need to get on the same page with their retirement plan. It can be a challenge. We know that. Uh, but we want to talk about some of these things that often get messed up and then how Mike works with his clients to help you get through those and get on the same page and avoid those mistakes. We're going to put this episode up at principalpreservationservices.com. That is the website where you'll find all the resources that Mike and his team can offer you. You can hop on there now. Also, Mike does seminars. You can get information on those as well from his website. But also, if you want to call his team, you can do so 855-987-8888. Got a couple of mailbag questions coming up on the show a little bit later as well. But let's jump into this, Mike, on these these mistakes that fin- that couples are making with their finances. And I want to start with one in the area of pensions. Now, if you're lucky enough to still have a pension, great. And that's an awesome thing to have heading into retirement. Mm-hmm. But the area where couples are often making the wrong choice is that spousal benefit option. What are some things they have to be considering and what's the hang up here? Yeah. Well, first of all, when the clients come in with those pension options, they don't really understand it. The, the, uh, employer gives them these handouts and says make a decision and it's all greek to them because this is not their you know their cup of tea so um i explain it and usually there's you know four to six options on there and one is the single life you know this is really you know called an annuity pensions are annuities single life annuity which i said if you choose this option yeah it's the highest payment you everybody likes that highest payment uh but i said here's a problem john you know, if, John, if, if you, you collect this uh, 100% annuity, you uh, pass away something after just one month or one year, it's done. You know, Jane gets nothing. So uh, that's a big risk to take. And also, so we're also talking about where's health situation at, because uh, a lot of times the gal is, on average, uh, most of the time she's younger in the relationship. That's just st- statistics there. Uh, but also uh, women tend to outlive us men by two to three years. So if she's younger and she has a better chance for longer life, it's always good to look at the other spousal options. So, and then the next uh, highest payment is going to be you give your spouse a 25% of your pension, which isn't that great. So let's just say, for example, 100% option is $2,000. But now if you want to uh, give your wife um, your spouse 25%, 
maybe they're going to drop your that two thousand dollar pension down to say nineteen hundred. So you get nineteen hundred dollars while you're alive, but if you pass, she only gets twenty five percent of that. So what's uh, about four? Was it four hundred seventy five dollars a month? So that doesn't really kind of make a big impact, does it? Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is oh, here's fifty percent option. So now maybe that's eighteen hundred dollars a month they're going to pay you while you're alive. But then if you pass, now she gets nine hundred. Then we keep going down, and there's a seventy five percent option or a hundred percent spousal option so you get the same payment alive or gone and so that means maybe they'll pay you fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred dollars a month um, but if you pass your spouse gets the same so it's important to, to weigh that out because you have to remember we always want to make sure it's great when you have enough money when you're both here and you have social securities and the pension but remember if there's a partial pension or no pension that goes on to your spouse also they're losing one of the social securities so that's important to, to, to look at. So making that wrong choice could cost you. Here's a, a quick story here, Ben, is okay. uh, a friend of mine uh, went to church with years ago. His mom had the better health. His dad was already kind of home to save, you know, on disability, poor health. A mom was still working, but just ready to retire. She turned in her pension documents a couple weeks before retirement. She chose the 100% pension because to have nothing go to her husband because she was the good health uh, of the of the two, and she everybody's like, there's no way that he's gonna outlive her. Well, she turned in her paperwork, and about a week before retirement, she died of a heart attack, and so now, mm. you know, her her widowed husband is panicking, thinking, I'm not gonna get anything now. We already turned in the paperwork. I'm how am I gonna survive financially? And uh, fortunately, since nobody was collecting benefits, he, they were able to change the paperwork to get the spousal benefit. But that could have turned bad. I mean, if she would have turned in the documents and, wor- and been retired for one day, he would have got nothing. So you, it's always important to, to weigh those options when you're planning for retirement. Yeah, that's a great example. And this is one area that I just wouldn't think much about. I'm sure other people as well. Like, you just don't realize how many options are on the table for you for a pension like that and that you really need to have some planning to make sure you're making the right choice for yourself. Yeah. Well, let's, let's stick with uh, retirement income. Let's talk social security as well. The claiming strategy here, how, how often do couples work together in making sure they're doing what's best, the best for both parties here and and how much actually goes into this discussion? Yeah, I I will uh, compliment the clients, um, even though like I did a seminar last night, sometimes one will drag the other one there so you can see who, right. who wants to be there and who got dragged there. But when we do, after usually I do the, the seminar, um, they're a little bit more encouraged to come on in. And we always encourage if you are married, come in with your spouse so we can explain it one time and not have to go over it twice. But I think for the most part, couples, when they come in, uh, are coordinating their benefits pretty good. I've only had a couple situations where one, you know, there's been a lot of times where just one have come in and try to do them the things themselves and try to even start social security themselves. And then I got a call from the spouse that, why did you do that? I said, I'm not social security. I'm just giving the report. I can't control what your spouse does. So uh, I've, I had a, I had one of those phone calls before, but it, it does happen. I think for the most part, couples here are working together because they want to find out how to get the most out of it. When we shared the examples at the seminar to show uh, how one's benefit can affect the other buddy's benefit, the other one's benefit, like even my situation for my wife is uh, she has qualified for Social Security. 
without getting into all the details, she has her 40 credits, but her benefit's not that great because she's been mostly a stay-at-home mom the last, she's 15 you know, plus years, 20 years roughly. So her benefit isn't very great. And so, but understanding that, and I share this at the seminars, she won't get her social security benefits based off of her earnings. She's going to get her social security stepped up to half of my social security benefits. And I'm maxing out my benefits each year purposely for, you know, some retirement income. Um, and so, so she won't get her $350, a month, she'll get half of what my benefit will be, uh, which will be significantly more than that. So you have to understand the strategies. And when people understand there's other ways to look at Social Security, it's important to be working together and coordinating it together. So we do recommend both spouses come in for those meetings and, and make sure they're working together. It shouldn't be an independent plan. Are you encouraging spouses to come in together all the time? Or is it just, you know, hey, as much as you can get together on the same page, great. But, uh, yeah. you know, we just will take one one spouse if we need to. Preferably all the time. Now, a lot of times there's a situation where, um, you know, one spouse handles all of the finances. Mm-hmm. And I think that and that works for a lot of households, and that's great. But reality is a lot of times uh, one spouse is even giving recommendations in the other spouse's 401K and choosing the investments in the 401Ks and the IRAs and but when they want to make changes and they want to become our, you know, come on board with our clients, uh, the spouse can't make changes, can't make those transfers uh, by themselves. The other spouse has to come in. So that's when it gets down to it, when we go through our you know, three to four step process, depending on uh, which seminar they come out to ours, this, it's always recommends the spouses should be there so they can actually make those uh, decisions. And you want to know who you're working with. Yeah. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be the, you know, consider the same you know breath as somebody that's a 1-800 advisor that's across the country that you never met or a robo advisor no we're, we're real people here locally that we want to actually get to know you and have that relationship with yeah good point all right let's talk about um i'm going to skip around a little bit on the order i want to go through this i'm going to save one to the very okay. end but let's go to 401ks and iras how important and I, I never really thought about this in terms of hey let me work with my wife to make sure we're coordinating our investments in on our different retirement plans because this is something we both started right before we met each other and now we you know we've just kind of gone our own ways with this but how important is it to to avoid the mistake of not coordinating these assets yeah it, it, we had this uh, meeting yesterday and uh, fortunately they're on the good side where they have been coordinating it but because this situation for this clients they're a couple years apart in age i think they're three he was three years older than she was and uh, when we did our, our recommendation, can we call this our solution meeting, and we're showing all these um, like five years of Roth conversions, and by them coming together and going through this planning together, we're able to show them, this is why we're recommending the husband to start doing Roth conver- conversions, uh, because he's older, and he's gonna hit the required minimum distribution age at 72 sooner, and we wanna get as much of those IRAs out of IRAs into Roth IRAs, as soon as we can. And so it's important in that situation to be coordinating. And, and she was like, great. I was wondering why it was only his name on the Roth conversions. And I explained it. Well, we have limited time, limited time before 72. He's older. He And we want to get these um, IRAs converted over to Roth first because he's going to be t- turning 72 first. So it's important to know 
and, and which funds we're going to be you're going to be allocating to take withdrawals from, not just conversions, but just what are you going to be supplementing your retirement income with, and whose accounts are you going to be doing it with, you know? And I know you talked about four hundred one ks and IRAs, and also it's so important to understand the rules are different for four hundred one ks and IRAs. So we're not a huge fan of leaving those employer sponsor plans where they are because there's different rules. When the Secure Act was passed, um, you know, a couple of years ago now, almost. Uh, that it changed you know, on the inheritance of those those retirement accounts. Employer-sponsored plans are different than IRAs. Um, and also how you take your RMDs out and withdrawals out can be uh, different as well. So we want to make sure that you, they understand the rules and it's good to coordinate these, uh, these retirement accounts together with husband and wife both being there. Well, I'm guessing when you go through this together with them, you're probably also talking about risk. This is a mistake that people often make as couples is not managing the risk together. And I'm sure most couples that you work with, one's fine with a lot of risk and the other is very conservative. You know, I'm sure there's a wide variety here. Yeah. And we always do a risk assessment every uh, time where we're in the process with a husband and wife. You know, they, they're individuals, of course, are going to have, they're not going to be it's very rare that the score comes back identical. Uh, very rare. Most of the time, one is more moderate to aggressive, and one time one is more moderate to conservative or moderately conservative. So we usually see a big disparity between the risk scores. So it's important to make sure that you know his his investments are going to be close to where his risk tolerance is, and same with hers. And what we're finding is most people in their retirement plans or when you've been working these years, Maybe you took on more risk specifically to help those accounts grow, um, or sometimes you were in higher risk and you didn't know you were in higher risk because you just followed what Bob or Susie told you at the water cooler was working for them and their 401ks, and you didn't know that you were in some aggressive portfolios uh, or investments. It's good to sometimes you know get those get those investments in line where they really should be as you're getting close to retirement or in it. Uh, most people are as we're meeting with them, they're either retired or getting close to it. And most people say, I just don't want to be taking on any major losses at this point. And for the most part, for most people, we said, yeah, you don't need to. Uh, you have enough safe for retirement. Um, that's a lot of our meetings are that way. So what is your gain? So I said, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, here's the thing. You have so-and-so, so much dollars. Now, if you stay at this risk, I said, you might make 20, 25% this next year. Will that really affect your retirement lifestyle? No. Well, but this is your losses. This is what your losses could be if we have a similar 2008. And if you lost 30, you know, 33% or whatever that number is, um, how would that feel? How would that affect your retirement lifestyle? And they said, yeah, we would probably change it. We probably wouldn't take a vacation or a trip for a year or two years until the money recovered, or we'd be probably living tighter because we want to make our, our accounts come back. I said, there you go. You don't need to do that. And so that's why we're going to make some adjustments when it comes to risk and retirement. Always making adjustments. All right, last one here, Mike. And this maybe, maybe it's the most important. It's not even a financial mistake specifically, technically, I guess. But making sure you're talking with your spouse about, hey, what do you want to do when we retire? Making sure yeah. you're on the same page about what that retirement is going to look like. Yeah, this is where counseling comes in because it's a. I'm like, man, you guys have been married for thirty something years or forty years, and now all of a sudden you guys don't know what you what you get you, you like and don't like, and you know. So one wants to travel, and and the other one's like, I don't want to travel at all, or the other one says, No, this is great. Now I retire, I can I can raise my my grandkids, and 
and and spend my time doing that and they're like no we wanted to do this or i want to move to the cabin and be that our our full-time home and sell our house and the other one's like i don't want to live the cabin and you know so you need to be talking about these things beforehand and and it's not one wins and the other one loses it's let's have a balance and uh, you know i get in, into into church and, and marriage counseling but you know when you get married you know i just we just had my daughter's wedding you know when you start off and everything's you know puppies and bunnies the first you know when you get married in the first year but reality is you're there to serve each other you know you look back to when you're dating and and serving each other and it's all about giving you give and they give and um, our goal is to make our spouse happy and content and so if you can give some to even if you don't enjoy it fortunately my wife doesn't like the opera but if she did I would go <laughs> right so I like to go to a football game so I know she's it's grown on her she likes going now but it's not her favorite thing to do but she goes with me the same thing when it comes to retirement now those are pettier things than your retirement lifestyle but you need to actually give and take and talk about now this is what you want to do this is what I want to do I want to move you know live south for the for the winter and one doesn't because they want to be close to the kids I said, well, can we get away for, you know, two weeks in January and two weeks in February and two weeks in March, you know, or, or whatever that might be, or a week in each of those months just to get away from some of this cold up that we have up here in, uh, you know, the Midwest. So you have to do a give and take and make sure it's going to you know, work it out because when, boy, when some people come to our our office. I'm like, did you guys just get married? <laughs> no, we've been married for 35, 40 years. I'm like, you haven't talked about this? It's just really surprising to me. But again, you know, life happens and you, people work their careers and maybe they put too much time into their careers and not enough time into their relationship. And that has to be addressed because when people have been living at home, especially during the whole coronavirus, when people were forced to work from home, um, people are like, man, it's tough we're living at home with my my spouse up full time. <laughs> it's like the couple that came in yesterday. They they he retired in August. You retired September. You know August first, September first. I go. How are you guys doing? <laughs> are you guys okay? Yeah. Are you tell Are you telling him he has to go go to the hardware store and just get away for a little bit? <laughs> and she goes, No, because we we got used to it. You know, during the pandemic and working from home, so we're all good there. But that's not nice. the case for everybody. So the key is talk it out. Work on your relationship. You know, you go back to your early days, you know, of why you got married. And um, obviously people, you know, change over time. But you have to uh, serve each other and, and make sure that everybody's need is being met. And you don't just, it's not a, a competition where you win or lose. Yeah, that's the most important. And hopefully, you know, some of these things we talked about today will give you maybe some guidance on, on how to get on the same page, avoid these mistakes, because they happen often with couples. And, this, you know, it's very easy to do. But that's also why you want to lean on your advisor to help you get through these things and make sure you're both kind of compromising and coming to the, the middle ground on where you want to head with your finances and your retirement. But you can visit uh, the website, principalpreservationservices.com. You can schedule a time to meet with Mike or his team and uh, have those conversations. But we have a couple of mailbag questions we want to get to before we close out this episode of the podcast. It's time to open up the mailbag. Got one in from Colleen. She says, I'm probably not what you'd consider a very savvy investor. I've always saved a lot for the last 35 years. I have a pretty big 401k balance, but I really have no idea how I should be investing my current dollars or my future savings. Have I significantly handicapped myself by not having more knowledge about how the investing world works? 
Colleen, you're uh, you're kind of in the same boat. A lot of people are. I would say almost majority of the people that we we come across is because again, you're you've been focusing on your career and and you've done what you're supposed to do, and that's kind of not worry about what you've been investing in, what you've been working because you've been contributing. You've got the employer match. I'm guessing from your uh, your employer and your 401k. And you've been in, involved with dollar cost averaging, even if you didn't know what that meant, you're, you've been doing that because you, you keep investing when the market's up or down. And so that's helped your balance grow. And a lot of people have come in and said, boy, I can't believe how much money I've had. I don't even know what I'm doing. I said, but you did what you're supposed to do. I don't only have to know how to fix my car, but I do know how to maintain it. And that's exactly what you've been doing when you're contributing. You're maintaining your retirement accounts and growing them by just knowing enough. Now, obviously, when you get to retirement or getting close to it, I think it's important to sit down with somebody to find out, is the are these the right investments and risks that you're at today? So you should get a better handle on it as you're getting closer to retirement because uh, what you're in might not be appropriate for you in retirement. So what I usually say is uh, what got you to retirement won't get, won't get you through retirement. And so there has to be a shift. Again, talking about football, your, your first half of of your life is your working years. The first half of a football game, we you know, we talk about your, your working years. The second half, you have to make adjustments, and those are your retirement years, quarters three and four. And so you gotta make sure you're making the proper adjustments to be successful because good coaches, good teams will make adjustments to win the game in the second half. Um, if you keep doing the same game plan in the first half, it usually doesn't fare very well. Thank you for that, Colleen. Got one more from Brad. Says they recently announced at work that our 401ks are now going to have a Roth option. Should I put my future savings in that instead of a traditional 401k? Brad, it's a good thing to look into. We recommend for Roth 401ks, um, but you just have to understand if you're going to invest into a Roth that your checks are going to be less. So let's just say you're contributing 10% of your your income into the traditional 401k and you switch that 10% to the Roth. Well, um, you're going to say, well, why did my checks were a couple hundred dollars less <laughs> because now you're paying your taxes up front. So I just want you to understand you can you do the Roth, which we recommend, but you're going to have the taxes pulled out to cover those you know for that Roth investment. Uh, but the good the beauty of it is going to grow tax free, and all the withdrawals will be tax free in retirement. So I would highly encourage you if you can afford to do that to do that, or if you can't do it fully, uh, maybe start maybe 5% or half of your contributions into traditional and half into Roth. Every time you get a raise, keep moving that that scale over to more Roth and lessen the traditional investments. Now, remember, if you get employer-sponsored match, they will not pay taxes for you. So even if you're 100% contributions of your own money into a Roth, your employer is going to put their contributions into the traditional side. So the yeah, traditional uh, 401k will still continue to grow even though you're not contributing to it in the future. Good information. Thanks for that question, Brad. Thanks for all the questions we get. And if you want to send one in to us, you can do so via the website, principalpreservationservices.com. While you're on there, please check out our other podcasts. We put up all of them are archived there on the website. So easy access for you as well. And you can also schedule uh, appointment with Mike and his team over at Principal Preservation Services through the website as well. There's a big blue button on the front that says schedule your complimentary retirement review now. Please do so when you have a chance and go through some of these items that we've talked about today on the show. Mike, thanks for the time as always. Look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was great, Ben. Great job. And we'll talk to you soon.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.